Welcome to, welcome back to Total Spot Fest. I am B Wayne. That Austin Reddick. We're joined by Brian Keith in an extremely blinding light. Brian Keith. <laughs> hey, Let's welcome. Go. Hey, sorry about that. I, I am not doing that voice for the whole thing. I will not be. I'm Batman. I was kind of hoping you do like the Christian Bale, just like. Oh, you can't, oh, you can't, you can't get us there for the entire show. Well, thank you for watching. Thank you for joining. <laughs> I'm actually JJ. That's actually Jamie. This is actually okay. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> JJ, Jamie, Austin. It's our Halloween spectacular. I'm gonna try and wear this stupid thing on my face the whole time because I am I not nearly as viewers. smart as my co-host in in costuming. I yes, but no. Thank you for joining us for our Halloween spectacular. We appreciate you giving us some of your time. If you are joining us in, hop in the live chat. Hopefully, Jamie and Austin can read it. And uh, if not. Definitely give us a comment down below. Follow us on Twitter at Total Spot Fest. Like, subscribe, share, all the things. Gentlemen, how are we doing this All Hallows Eve? It's not Halloween, but close enough, right? <laughs> yeah, cl close enough. It's unfortunate Halloween's on a Tuesday, so it was either a week earlier the day after, but I know, it, right? It still it still works. Uh I'm I'm doing well aside from my Brian Keith Poncho itching the shit out of my neck so i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna lose that hopefully if you're you're here watching live you you caught the full costume i'm gonna leave the hat though uh maybe he'll pop it on for like a a, a hot like you know like for a for a second here or there how about that yeah yeah i'll i'll, I'll throw it back on at, at some point uh I am more interested though in uh jamie's costume tonight just well done sir well done you know with a little bit of effort and a lot of love for one of our uh, esteemed co-hosts, this became a thing. And that became a thing as <laughs> well. That's going to be a thing that's going on here. Okay. That's a thing, ladies and gentlemen. Since I can't grow one, I got to have a fake one. But, the, the, but fate is just tempting you. You can't grow one. And you can't even keep one, a fake one on. <laughs> yeah, I'm just doomed. Facial hair just hates me. See? I mean, I I, I mean, leave it. The Brian Keith was great. Mine is lazy as hell, but hey, it's it, it, it's right right in my alley. I mean, hello, man. This thing is not good. This is not going to go well for me. But it's Jamie, not, it's not going to go well for you. It's not going I can't well see. For me, committed to the bit. Damn it. Oh, God. So all right, we're gonna get into it here in just a little bit. In just a moment. Um. You know, it's been it's been rainy as shit up here, so I'm glad the rain has subsided. And what were we left with? An actually good dynamite tonight. I mean, as opposed to what it had been the past couple of weeks, I was really impressed with it. But before we get to that, did you guys happen to catch Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory or some news on Twitter or thereabouts? I didn't catch Impacts. Well... Yeah, it won't be Impact much longer because thankfully and well overdue, they ended the show. Show was pretty good. I mean, Impact Wrestling, if you aren't watching, if you're sleeping on it, it's some good wrestling. It is a solid product, consistent. They don't have tons of drama. It's, they, got, they, got, they got a good amount of like the, uh, the comedy bit, which I know Austin's a big fan of. You get a little bit of comedy in your wrestling. They got some great people in there. Um... And some of the highlights, you know, Jordan Grace beating uh, um, 
Bully Ray in the finale of the uh, <laughs> Choose Your Shot Battle Royal. She already, she, so she's next in line for a women's title. Um, you know, most everybody retained uh, except for the tag titles won by Chris Bay and Ace Austin. Um, but at the end of the show, they ended it with a little video vignette. The top stars there and uh, Kazarian, who's now fully back in, you know, Impact Wrestling, walks out of this lake with like a chest and they're talking about heritage and blah, 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 whatever. And then we need to bring it back. And they open up the chest and it's a video vignette for TNA Wrestling. They're changing back to TNA. Let's go. Does that mean the six-sided ring comes back? Unknown. I hope so. I think it's been confirmed it is not. Oh. Yeah. I think yeah. the wrestlers appreciate that. Well, I, I explicitly saw Jordan Grace tweet about it. Someone asked <laughs> if it was coming back. She's like, no, we'd like to have longer careers. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have never been in a six-sided ring, but I've heard from those who have. It is rough. You're not going to make it, dude. I am totally going to make it. Absolutely. I said a little scratch. It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes, sometimes Batman's going to scratch his eyeball. All right. Um, I think... What they they bring it out on occasion now is what they do, and I think that's the right way to handle it. To be to be fair with it, you know, because I enjoy the nostalgia of it because it was at the time so unique. It was a, it was a swing and it was successful. It was unique. It was different. To your point, though, yeah, that thing is like a rock <laughs> and just edges and hard places all over the place. So, but TNA coming back, I'm happy for that. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, this is definitely like the most notable thing I've heard of from Impact in some time. So it's it's at least good in that regard. Uh, Impact Wrestling to me always sounded like too generic of a name. Yep. It almost yeah. sounded like the name of a TV show rather than the name of like your actual company. Which it actually was. Uh, right? TNA, I think, has been gone long enough from being TNA and the 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 bad days uh, before <laughs> they kind of got their era. shit together yeah. that I think there is some nostalgia value. My only thing with like, it's, it's cool that they're, they're changing. It makes me slightly more interested. I will probably still not watch just because there is so much wrestling to watch and participate in mm -hmm. from time to time. In my case, uh, I don't know what, like I've, I've heard from everyone that watches. It's been really good for a long time. Like oh, they're yeah. consistently good and that's great. But what what's different? Like, what's the draw to watch a TNA over an AEW or a WWE when there's only so many hours you can watch wrestling that's not repeats of 1994? Because uh, I got to fit that into the yeah, schedule. You fit that. But I mean, I I'd like to check them out. Like I said, I've heard it's good. It's just I don't know what they can really do to separate themselves and like become more interesting at this point. You know, when, when TNA first came out, like when they were first TNA, it was, they were on Spike TV mm -hmm. and TNA back then meant something completely different than what TNA means today. Exactly. You know, I mean, actually it still means the same, but it's less commonly used. Like, you know, Hey, that, that show's got a little TNA in it. You know, we used to say that like, that was like common oh, yeah. speak back in the day. And, and that's why it was so. Like, oh, man, I want to watch this because that's obvious. Obviously, you thought it was going to be more on the raunchy side and you find out, oh, it's actually amazing wrestling. But I 
I like the fact that they're going back to the nostalgia thing. I think it's a good move for them because they are kind of stale, in my opinion. Um, not necessarily the wrestling is stale. It's just the product is the stale. Package, I guess, yeah. part, you know, I think, you know, this is, is, is what they need. I mean, this is kind of like, you know, repackaging Wardlow uh, other than a big beast. You know, they, they finally did it. Took a little longer. I mean, Wardlow hasn't, but this, this <laughs> definitely has. I mean, the way I, the way I look at it, to your point there, um, and Jamie's one hundred percent correct. You know, like when it first came out, it was edgy, high flying. You had the people were doing. You had six sided rings. They just the Ultimate X was their first like mainstay, and they were doing just stupid stuff you never, you, you don't see every day in the the product in WCW or WWE. Or it was like, what is this crap, right? Place, place where AJ Styles and Jay Lethal and, you know, some of, you know, where they could get, get a good, um, you know, uh, avenue to shine and become who they are. But yeah, I, I, I feel you. I don't know. Cause right now to answer your question, Austin, it's basically like AEW light, right? It's more along the lines of an AEW ROH style show, not WWE necessarily. But it's just not quite at the same level of it. So I'll be interested to see. I'm, you know, I signed up for their uh, their YouTube premium plan. It's like a dollar a month that I can watch all the impacts and uh, replays the pay-per-views, you know, on, on YouTube. So I catch it from time to time. Go in there. I'll watch the replay of it. Or if I can catch it live, which I usually don't. But, you know, I enjoy it. And I'm... I'm happy because I'm a giant TNA mark. So let's see what they do. I'll be I'll be very interested if they do some cool stuff. Like give us some edge, maybe that'd be cool. Uh, how long is their weekly TV show? About two hours. Uh, see so if it was an hour. I it's feel like it's an hour and a half if you watch it on YouTube. Uh, because all right, I, I I could I could probably fit that in and, and check it out. I want I want TNA to do well. I want there to be like plenty of great options, but like. I'd like to see them do something different, uh, like bringing out the six-sided ring for like one pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Probably bring back, you know, keep lockdown, but like do the cage match pay-per-view and the six-sided ring to give you some more space to work in and all that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hopefully they do well. Hopefully they get some more people watching. Because uh, yeah, I've heard it's been great. I just haven't seen it. So, well, we uh, we shall definitely see. And, you know, Time will only tell here, so let's let's chuck along. Um, so we are not only looking um, as we are just because it's Halloween, but every October we like to be subject to Jamie's bag of spooky tricks. So this is our final week, Jamie. What are we doing this week? So I gave you guys a little bit of homework, and we decided to make it doesn't necessarily be family friendly, just animated your favorite animated horror movie or scary movie that is well does do series count no movie movie batman snips growling at you okay it's gotta be because it can't be walking dead that you know or the the animated uh uh well yeah i mean there's a whole bunch of animated series you can pick out any like japan or i guess it's anime well, okay. All right. Well, then 
Austin, I'm I'm deferring to you then, because <laughs> yeah. So uh, this this might be cheating a little bit uh, because it's only partially animated. Uh, but the live action Scooby Doo movie uh, is phenomenal. We actually just rewatched that recently, <laughs> and boy, does it hold up! I would give you that. That's solid. That's a good one. It's Even so the good. old Scooby Doo animated movies were great. Yeah, yeah. It was like I didn't realize watching it back. One, I'd forgot how much it was like geared towards adults, uh, and two, just how well cast that movie was. Like they they got them all spot on. Damn you, Heather! That's mine. She said mine. Well, Vampire Hunter D. I'm staying in the land of Japan. That Japanese <laughs> anime movie was amazing the dude had a hand that had a face in it and it talked and did things it was (laughs) insane like it it like i love vampire stuff like i've always been like into vampire like just anything horror to be honest with you but that in itself was absolutely one of the best back then it was what japanimation is what we used to call it i mean that's how old it is it's anime and it's so this episode man effing (laughs) good dude so good oh Uh, i love vampire hunter d i literally just watched it two days ago (laughs) well my original answer was the spawn animated series that ran for was it like two seasons you know the better version of spawn the more authentic i know it's kind of more of a comic book but that's kind of horror-esque you know, as far as comic story, down it. it's about like hell demons and shit. Like that's oh, it's about that's a man that goes to hell and makes spooky. a deal with the devil to come back to the earth. You know, if he's his, if he is his spawn, right? He's general of his armies. So, and then of course he defies the devil, which then wages him versus a war on earth versus hell. So, I mean, there's that. But that's a series, so apparently that doesn't count. So I'm going to go out here and I'm sticking with this. I don't care if Jamie accepts it or not, but it's actually, I thought, it's not the scariest, you know, because I'm not into horror, but it's yeah. post-apocalyptic, so it kind of falls into it. Nine, the animated movie, the Elijah Wood. Uh, it's creepy. I'll give it to you. Yeah, it's by the Coraline people, so it's got, the same people did Coraline. It's kind of creepy-esque, you know. Dude, Coraline's scarier than that, man. Coraline freaks me the fuck out. I've never actually seen Coraline. <laughs> but My kids Coraline. love it. I'm like, dude, I can't watch this movie. <laughs> so, anyway. Like, Frank thought... and Weenie would have been a good good call. A Nightmare Before Christmas would have been an easy one. Okay, like, question. You... Is A Nightmare Before Christmas a, Hollow, a Halloween or a Christmas movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was not practice, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> that, that was on the fly, brother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the guy, look like the guy from Reno Nine One One right now. It's great. I'm crying. <laughs> this thing's not cooperating, but you I'm get, trying to make you, it work. You need to get some white boots. Really, you really boot on the uh, on the on the Scooby Doo thing to kind of steer us back into wrestling a bit. Uh, did y'all see Sky Blue's new attire? Yeah. No, she's it's it's like it's based off the mystery machine. Okay. Well, I'll watch Rampage because Abaddon's wrestling in Mm -hmm. it. So. 
Yeah, it's yeah. based off of the Mystery Machine, but she's got like kind of creepy eyes. So they're like teasing this whole House of Black potential thing, but not really. Yeah, and like she know. literally has the Scooby Doo dog collar tag, but it's got the SB for Sky Blue, and uh, yeah, okay, that's what you want to do if you're slowly turning heel is just well, debut some gear based off a of kid show. Well, I mean, they can't turn, they can't, they can't do a female House of Black right now. Anyway, Julia Hart's on her honeymoon. Congratulations, Julia Hart, and uh, you know Lee Johnson, by the way. You know, yes, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Let's talk Heather about hit the nail right on the head. Let's... Heather hit the nail right on the head. She's trying so hard to have personality. I appreciate the effort if that's what it is, because at least she's trying. It's not maybe it's not the best result, but you gotta throw some stuff against the wall and see if it sticks. Right? Cool. I wish she would have done this like six months ago. <laughs> not, not when they're starting to turn her to the dark side. Maybe maybe the power of Scooby Doo will save her soul. Oh my God, that's a fantastic gimmick. I am for it. I am for it. <laughs> so before we get into AEW, I felt since this is our Halloween special, NXT did Halloween Havoc just yesterday. They did. And it just made me go down memory lane. And shout out to Shotzi Blackheart for dressing up as Pinhead. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. We were we were at we were at league last night and Jamie didn't care about the score for a good three minutes because he saw on Twitter that Shotzi was pinhead. Yes. That looks so dope. It did. Like she went all out. That was rad. All of her costumes she's have been fantastic. Sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. Yeah, but she's great. So, gentlemen, <clears throat> Halloween Havoc, one arguably one of my most favorite WCW pay-per-views of all like it was that for me it was that and slambery like those are my two um but so what is your favorite halloween havoc match mm. or moment either way i would probably have to go the chamber of horrors match Oh, is that going to be yours? That was going to be mine. That was just perfect. such it's so a beautiful like expression of pro wrestling at its silliest. Mm -hmm. Especially with Abdullah the Butcher just pretending to seize in the chair. <laughs> when, like when it's clear that he's just acting. <laughs> but it was like, I think it was 19, it was at 90 or 91, whichever year you could still get away with that kind of bullshit. Yeah. And, uh, it just holds such a special place in my heart. And I, lo I loved it for the same fact that we kind of touched on this last week or a week before when we were talking about WCW and Bash at the Beach, right? That WCW, especially like maybe at the beginning, but definitely before the Monday Night Wars, their pay-per-views were all out in a different way. You know, Bash at the Beach actually on the beach, right? You know, Halloween Havoc. And they pull out this Chamber of Horrors thing where it's like they went there with everything. And it was just... <laughs> and nothing was out of place. It all fit. It was great. They had fantastic staging set up for everything. And, and my God, like, like the stage equipment they had... I mean, Halloween Havoc always stood out to me more as an event than any specific match. Because I... You know, the most memorable matches I remember from WCW were from Starcade, Great American Bash, right? You know, 
um, war games, you know, stuff like that. But my God, you know, they just they just went all out. But yeah, the Chamber of Horrors was campy and fantastic all in the same breath. I'm it, it was it. it was so good. But yeah, I I think those like early '90s WWE pay per views they really nailed making each pay per view seem unique and have like a theme to it. A loss in your bud. <laughs> your bud down. Your bud down. That's okay. I guess if I lose the other one, it will problem. All right. Yeah, Heather has a great one in the chat. The Yeti. <laughs> Yeti. I, I forgot about him just hugging Hulk Hogan. Oh my God! All right, Jerry, what about you? What was your favorite Halloween? I habit? mean, I hate to say it, it's low hanging fruit, gentlemen. But Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio and the Rey Mysterio uh, question mark year. Yeah, like that one might be the best but one of the ones that for me when i was a kid like meant so much it was goldberg versus ddp in the main event just because like i was a big ddp mark and of course it's goldberg you know goldberg like it was it was awesome like it was a hell of a main event actually like you got a solid seven to eight minutes out of Goldberg, which is three <laughs> times as long as his normal matches. I was going to say, yeah, it was good when you got to actually see it in full the next night because they didn't time the pay-per-view properly. Right, right. <laughs> oh, they never timed their pay-per-views. They took they, they, they could never time their pay-per-views. I, uh, I'm pretty sure this was Halloween Havoc, but I could be mistaken. But I think one of those in the late 90s was where... Dean Malenko won the cruiserweight title, shot Battle Royal, dressed as Ciclope, the Lucha, and then revealed himself to beat Jericho for the title afterwards because there's some gimmick where Jericho wasn't going to let Dean Malenko do it. I think that was Halloween Havoc, and if I remember that correctly, that was pretty dope as well. That was the uh, that was the like Dean Malenko thirty seconds of the greatest pop ever. Yeah, yeah. That was a good moment for Dino. Yep. Dino Machino. And I will say this, you know, even though we dog on NXT a lot lately, especially with their newest product, I do like the commitment they've done with their themed shows like like Halloween Havoc, right? You know, it gives it at least a good feel to it. If you're going to be, if you're going to be the type of product NXT is, Halloween Havoc seems to fit well in that body. And it's cool to see like Shotzi and uh, Scarlet, you know, doing the, their thing. So yeah, for what's worth, absolutely. All right, yeah. hold on. Oh, oh, don't worry, don't worry. Still going back on, guys. Just the underpiece <laughs> was so. so I was tight. like, are you are you are you you abandoning the bit? No, 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 no. I'm just altering the bit okay. because it was making my head like, cause it's so tight. Cause it's from Audrey. Don't worry guys. Just keep going. Bro, you should have gone all in and just shaved your head for this. You know, there was a point where I thought about doing that actually. Just, just go the full Austin Reddick. <laughs> the full Austin Reddick. <clears throat> all right. Well, 
While Jamie's getting back into character, we did have dynamite. So we're going to get okay. into dynamite tonight. Um, I was generally shocked at a couple things and presently surprised with a few developments on the show. Jamie, let's talk about dynamite. So dynamite, gentlemen... I don't care what either of you say is one of the greatest dynamites of all time. I don't care. I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> Are you I don't even care about that women's point? match. I don't even want to talk about that women's match, to be honest with you. But I do want to talk about that main event, though. I Somehow I, I could gather that. That the single body would give Jamie that opinion. Yep. The goat was there. That's all there is to it. <laughs> the coin drop is just... It was amazing. But... So, gentlemen, before we officially get going, I know I've already said this a thousand times, but I'm going to say a thousand more. If Jamie could create a wrestler, just create one, he'd have to have Japanese strong style, be very technical, uber charismatic, and could go a lot. And that person, ladies and gentlemen, is easily Okada. But we're going to get into that here in a minute. I want to <laughs> save that. Because this show honestly was pretty good. It's like not just because of that, obviously. Uh, that first match, gentlemen, what did you think about Juice Robinson going up against MJF for the Diamond Ring? predictable booking and a predictable outcome but still great i love juice i've been no not shy about that i love his craziness and i like him in the ring i liked him in the ring for a long time even back to his new japan days right i felt like he's highly underrated as an in-ring competitor he's very good in the ring and i like this i thought it was a great way to start the match or start the uh, the night and I enjoyed the match. Now, predictable ending, yes. We all know that, right? But mm -hmm. it was good fun. I, I thought it wasn't necessarily a banger-banger to start the show, but I thought it was a really solid start to get the crowd nice and amped up, right? Yeah, I thought the match was good. Uh, yeah, predictable finish. And also, if MJF has won the dynamite diamond ring like four years in a row or five years in a row or whatever. Can, can we just stop doing that now yes. or come up with something else or just get rid of the gimmick where he has to defend it every year? Like what's the point of having it? If just the same guy wins it all the time outside of that though, like the match was great. I don't even, th I don't think you needed the, the dynamite diamond for the story. Like you could have easily just gotten a juice versus MJF. Uh, but yeah, it was great. Like the the stuff after started to get a little long, but like still a lot of development. I felt like the entire dynamite there was a lot going on. Well said. Yeah, because it, it for me the match was great, but the after the match is really what kind of brought it home. You know the uh, oh yeah I, oh yeah. I, I will agree. The after the match did run a little too long, like. You know, I loved how the kingdom came out first and tried to get in there, and then they got the shit kicked out of them, which I thought was great. <laughs> and then here comes the acclaim to make the save, which I thought 
Okay, that makes a lot of, of, of sense there as well. You know, and then like all the storytelling and, and everything they did there and the, the triple B, the bang bang belt. I'm I'm forever I call it that. I don't care. Um what is he doing? I'm typing in chat, leave me the heff alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so after that, like they set up at uh, full gear. the 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 ass boys are going to go for the ROH titles. I think that's excellent. Um, But my favorite part of the whole thing was Kenny Omega. Absolutely. And was it just me, or is it just me? He's looking extra swole these days. Oh, he's been in the gym a little bit extra. You know, again, those still could do ten more reps for sure. He's not. He's not cut like Rambo two. He's more puffy like Rambo one. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just big and bulky. <laughs> get get that get that way. You know. Um. I I wrote a note here, which I could swear it's somewhere on this thing. You, you, you said Saber. S-A-M-R. Oh my goodness, this is the best. You can't even read. Batman didn't have any... I'm a Batman with a big head. I had no parents to teach me how to read. Just an extra... XMI6 officer. He didn't know how to read either. Because he's English. No, I like the theme of the night for... One of the themes of the night for me was... Hey, we've heard you guys complaining there might be too much stuff for MJF. We're actually going to turn it into a really cool Trials of MJF in a way you didn't see coming, right? Because now he's got two matches because <clears throat> he's face. He's, he's total face, right? So he accepts the, the, the tag team match, even though that's stupid. He has a match against Jay White the same night, and he's got no tag team partner. Why would you take that match? Logically, right, Austin? <laughs> yep. You know, but he takes. He's got two matches the same night. He then accepts, you know, Kenny Omega's challenge for this Saturday for a title match. Which, oh my God, Tony Khan's really trying to like get under that report about Mondays and Saturdays terrible ratings for wrestling because of football, and you know, trying to really come back at it. And then later on, there's a running with Samoa Joe. He has his, so he's just doing this whole. He's taking all the things, and it's basically. I think it's just more layers on that onion of, yeah, he's got all these people coming after him, but with Adam Cole injured or injured, whichever side of the fence you're on with that. It's a work. <laughs> but with that going on, I actually have a thought about that. I'll get to it in a second. Um, I like it because it's like, are we getting a lot of MJF a lot of the time? Yes. But is it in a bad way? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't like this. The whole MJF storyline kind of reminds me of the Attitude Era when the entire show revolved around Steve Austin. But it wasn't just him and the one guy he was feuding with. Everybody hated Stone Cold and they were all trying to beat his ass and he had yeah. to navigate that. You're getting a hint of that. Uh, I. I don't like the idea of him defending the ROH tag titles on the pay-per-view again. Uh, like the two matches in one night, it's not necessary. Not. Uh, I also think the kingdom's getting into that match. It's going to be a three-way and that's how they're going to probably get him off of them. Uh, I, 
I still would have liked to see MJF be more of a babyface because we had that moment two weeks ago where he was super babyface. Uh, but when the entire crowd is chanting for you to like tag with the acclaimed, who clearly just came out and saved your ass, like, yeah. I don't understand the storytelling point of him just being a dick about it for no reason. Like, you could still be a scumbag. Uh-uh. You could tell Max Casser to his face you've never liked him, but admit you're short on options. Uh, my favorite part about the entire ending of that segment, pretty Kenny Omega, because Kenny stuff was great, was MJF shutting down the scissors and Billy Gunn in the background looking like he was about to beat the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy ass was pissed. Owens was holding him back. It's so good. But yeah, overall, like I like the storyline. I like how many things are tied in to your champion. It makes the, the belt seem more important in a way it hadn't in probably like six months. I agree. I, I, I like how they're finally like. Cause it just seemed like it was just like Everyone's coming from together. everywhere, and they're finally bringing it together. You know, it's it's that mid it's that mid credit scene, man, that just brings it all together. And yeah, no, I'm I'm here for it. I think it makes a lot of sense. But the devil did make an appearance again on Collision. Well, so gentlemen. Again, another question. Immediately after Kenny Omega, they did a flash of the devil on the screen, too. Who is the devil? I'm saving mine. So, Austin? I'm about to blow y'all's minds. It's going to come from left field. It's going to be a returning Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Ooh. That was was a complete joke. I don't think it's going to be Jack Perry. (laughs) That would be crazy. That's a good take, though. But uh, real glass, bitch. Also, like, I think if like, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Jack Perry. I don't think he's coming back into any kind of elevated position, but that would actually be a good way to do it. Uh, It would. I think it would be hilarious to make Wardlow the devil just because the guy playing him (laughs) currently is so much smaller. Uh, I still think the most obvious option is probably the correct one and that it's going to be Adam Cole. Okay. That's been Jamie. That's been your stance for a long time. Are you sticking with that as well? No. All right. Here is my hypothesis on this. Okay. Because I, unlike you, believe that Adam Cole actually is injured. How severe? We don't know. I think he actually did have surgery. How severe? We don't know. There's somebody that is going to be returning at some point. I think that's the devil. Kyle O'Reilly. Because, think about it. We'll get Cool Kyle. Cool Kyle sucks. No, we won't get Cool Kyle. Because this is all in here. Okay. Let's go Fancy Booking Island. Okay. We're going to go to the Fancy Booking Batcave. And this is all the bigger play, right? Because the, the play is always for Adam Cole to be turning on MJF. Mm-hmm, you've established, mm-hmm. even though he's kind of uh, a cuckold of sorts, you've established with Adam being out, Roddy is the leader of their little triplo trio that they have, right? You can bring Kyle O'Reilly back because here's another one of Adam's old friends, right? They're the ones that beat it up for Adam. And when he's finally back, he can play the whole, no, guys, I didn't want this, I didn't want this, I didn't want this. Knife in the back on MJF. This is my plan all along. 
and you have a group of five instead of a group of four, but I'm good with that because give me Kyle O'Reilly as a, you know, the silent in command, him and Roddy teaming up as a tag team. Yes, please. They can drop the kingdom if they want, but that is my hypothesis. That's I'm not good. sure. I'm just not sure Kyle O'Reilly is a big enough name for the devil reveal. Like, I think he still ends up in this storyline before too long, probably post-turn. Uh, I don't know if, like, the way they've been building up the devil, I, I don't know if it ends up being Kyle O'Reilly, if it doesn't end up being a little disappointing for a lot of the fans. Not all of them. And, like, Kyle O'Reilly, seeing him come back in any capacity is going to be rad. I enjoy watching the dude wrestle. Uh, I still think Adam Cole's the most believable one and the other thing too is if you get the the devil reveal at full gear and it's adam cole adam cole doesn't have to be cleared to wrestle to be the devil at the time he just needs to be able to walk right um whether or not the injury is a work or not i i did hear some reporting that he had the surgery weeks ago um it's likely he'll be mobile by you know november 18th we got three weeks and some change yeah. Um, I think for the story too, that makes the best sense. Like it is a bit predictable and obvious. Uh, it is. but the other thing too, is like the, I feel like the devil's got to be more personal to MJF than Adam Cole as well. Um, and I'm I not sure Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly just going after MJF makes as much sense. Well, I, my, my theory is that he's not going just after MJF. I don't feel like there's going to be a reveal until Adam Cole's back in the fray of some sort. Right. And it's one of those, like, it's not, the devil's not really Kyle O'Reilly, but he's the one wearing the mask now doing this. And when the reveal happens, it shows off as Kyle O'Reilly, but that is in part and parcel with the, 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 the big turn is what my thought is with that. And for the record, now, for whatever it's worth, I just want to put out there, Adam Cole's on Twitch. He's selling this hard and fast. If it is indeed a, a, not a serious injury. He's selling it as hard on every Twitch stream that he does. So there's that. Just now, now that you mention it, I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of fantasy booking. Do it. I would like to see, because you've, you've got the Bang Bang Gang, I would like to see four devils come down to fight them off towards the end of that title match. But then they reveal themselves one at a time, and you've got... Maybe four or five, depending on how many people you want there. You do it. Maybe you got Kyle Riley back. But they all reveal the mask one at a time, and the last one's Adam Cole. Then they cost MJF the match because Jay White's winning that damn belt. That would be fantastic. Too. I think a, Yeah, I think a multiple devil thing would be be kind of rad. Especially good. if the payoff ends up being the predictable one, and it's Adam Cole. Right. We've been in the fantasy yeah. book and back cave, Jamie. Why don't you hop in here and let us know what you would so where you're I at. have two hypotheses other than the obvious Adam Cole. I'm trying to like not be so obvious with Adam Cole. So I've, I've been thinking long and hard about this. If, in fact, it is somebody just acting a fool and doing these things, who could be a heel? Who is who is the biggest heel that could easily get away with it? And everybody's like, oh, okay, I get it. Just to toy with people to get one of his people an opportunity at the belt. Don Callis. 100%. So first hypothesis was Don Callis. I think that would make a great amount of sense because he had four people attacking. 
the very first time mm-hmm. Don Cal's family has numbers, you know, and he's always looking for more recruits and all these things. So that was, that was one of the, the, the ones that I thought was, Hey, this could be a, a, a great one. Um, Hey, shout out big Rob. He's, he's, he's up in here. Um, but, uh, hey, my last one, this one, I dug deep and this is a reach mm-hmm. and I don't care if it's a reach. <laughs> I pulled on Colorado for God's sake. Reach, man. So let's think about who the devil is. The devil is a fallen angel. Wow. And this angel. Wow. Hold on. Also known as Little Horn. Also known as One Winged. Kenny. Mother fucking Omega. Then we get Heel Kenny. Yeah, you didn't go I deep love. on it. You didn't go deep with that. I don't I, mean, I don't think that's it at all. But <laughs> I don't either. But it's worth a stretch. <clears throat> the Cal single is interesting, but it's just another it's just another in a string of like roadblocks to get to the eventual story that we will all are expecting to see. Yeah, Takeshka versus Omega for the belt at all out or all in, whatever. I want it. I want. I think it'd be funny if if Kenny Omega was a devil, just because he went with through all that trouble, but then tonight he just walked out, was like, "Hey, I want to wrestle you for the title on Saturday," (laughs) and MJF was just like, "Let's do it." Yeah. No, it'd be perfect though. It'd be perfect because he's going to see if he can get like, it. I kind of like Austin's just throwaway Jack Perry thing better than that. No offense, Jamie. The Don Callis angle, though, I do. I don't. That's not bad. No, no, I like it. I like it a lot. So <laughs> after after this, we had a tag team match of the Dark Order versus Hook and R V. D. I'm going to get into Wardlow's vignette here in just a minute because I have things to say. But I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like RVD can go better than half the damn roster of 20-something-year-olds at his age. He can go better than his tag team partner. That's not saying much. Yeah, but at the same time, when you look at guys on AEW that are his age... <laughs> Christian can go better than him these days. Jeff Jarrett can go better than him these days. Billy Gunn can go better than him these days. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a knock against RVD. It's just kind of wild that like AW has some dudes in their, you know, mid to late 40s and beyond that well now they got uh, Adam Copeland as well. Like they got some some older guys that are still going at a pretty decent rate. Mm-hmm. They do it. Yeah, Heather hit the nail right in the head too. Hook was living his best life. He was just he he was literally like a, a kid just getting to wrestle with his idol. I mean, that's what this whole match was. It was in Philadelphia. You pull it RVD in Philly, of course you do, right? You know. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was a it was a fun thing to do on an episode of Dynamite. Like, hey, we're in Philly. Let's bring an ECW guy. There's only about one left that can still go and not die. Uh, here's Rob Van Dam for twelve minutes. What's not to like? It wasn't a dud match, and that's the best. I mean, you know, Dark Order, they they never, you know, phone it in. So, I mean, 
it was it was fine. It was it was like the perhaps the least you know like storyline or you know way to go anywhere on the night. But it was it was a perfectly fine kind of you get that pop, get the cheap pop, have a little fun match after you had the big intro with all the MJF storylines. Bring it down a bit. Put in put some RVD in Philly. All right, we're good to go. Yeah, I saw people online complaining that it was the Dark Order wrestling RVD and Hook. Like, who else are they going to throw out there? That's that's the Dark Order's job these days. Unfortunately, yeah, they're jobbers now. Yeah, but I mean, they they have good enough matches they can make other people look good. Like, they're perfect guys to throw out there to bring Rob Van Dam back for a night mm-hmm. and to try and wrangle Hook and do a decent match because he still needs a little bit of work. <laughs> we did get a Van Daminator though. We did Van get a Van Daminator, a beautiful five star. He yeah. still that five star is the I don't care fight me on it prettiest damn frog splash of all time of all time all time Eddie Guerrero is rolling in his grave right now Eddie's was fine Eddie's was good it wasn't the prettiest that's the prettiest I don't know I I, I appreciate them both too. equally as well as D'Lo Brown's frog splash I think it's oh, a little yeah. underrated D'Lo. I really appreciate D'Lo doing the full hands together through the legs, like full extension on that, mm-hmm. like he's going for a 10 in the Olympics. D'Lo sure. overall is underappreciated as a wrestler, I feel. There you go. All right. All right, chat. Who who has the best frog splash? Just, just throw it out there. Just throw it out there for everybody to see. I want to know what you guys think is the best frog splash. I am of the ilk that is RVD followed by Montez. Like Montez Ford, like those two, then Eddie, then D'Lo, then Christian, then, <laughs> Christian, then okay. whoever after that. See, right, you want to talk about Wardlow? Yeah, let's get it fucking over with. Um, <laughs> so Wardlow, so one, they should never let him talk without like having some <laughs> legit coaching. Because I honestly, so this is the whole thing. His message wasn't bad. The way he spoke, he's supposed to be a big imposing monster, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you're trying to do the Batman, he needs to have some gravel in his voice. I'm going to rip you the fuck apart. You know, like, you know, the old school style. Except, rip you apart, man. Like, this is bullshit. You know, like, that's how I feel like he talks every time. Like, he needs a little bit of cojones in there and it just feels like he doesn't like it he just has no marbles <laughs> yeah no you yeah, know marbles marbles <laughs> <laughs> we just went somewhere sorry austin <laughs> no that's that that's all right i was just just sitting here thinking about just how kind of lame Wardlow looks in this promo. Oh my god, the rocky spot and Jesus Christ. And it it sucks because Wardlow, when he was super over, you know, fifteen months ago or wherever it was, he seemed cool as hell. Like they just let him be him, and it worked. But now <laughs> he looks like a total doofus because everyone watching understands he's here to be like part of the trials of MJF. But he's getting nowhere near the title. He's never beating MJF in anything. Like, yeah. there is no payoff coming for this. So please have him do literally anything else. I have no idea why they stopped doing what they did with him before. But here we are. 
The one thing that I gathered from this whole entire thing is not just him. Everybody that seems to be approximately floating around MJF is pulling devil references into all sorts of things. And that's their way to try and... And that, I feel like they're trying to like keep us on our toes because he says something about, you know, you, you, you were the devil on my back or something of that nature, you know. And they keep just like sprinkling them in a little bit here and there for these different guys at different times just to kind of like keep us from keep us from the inevitability that's Adam Cole basically, right? You know, trying to keep it alive. So now that you mentioned all the devil references, I've I've figured it out. A light bulb just went off ah. above my head. Let's go back. Uh, what would you figure out? I figured out who the devil is and who's pulling all these strings and is really coming after the AEW championship. Okay. Kodobushi. It's Danhausen. Oh, dude, that'd be great. <laughs> And Very actually, nice. what, what, really, what really got me on that track is I was actually also thinking still about how lame they're making Wardlow right now. Have you want to get let's take Wardlow away from MJF? Easy, easy way to divert. Have a returning Dan Housing because they've been showing the vignette, so he's coming back soon. Have him curse Wardlow and give me a Wardlow and Dan Housing tag team. I think that's money. I mean, that's that is fantastic. That's I'll how you work. give. Wardlow charisma by proxy. Yeah, they've <laughs> already done a really good. So he's already done Warhouse as Warhorse. So he couldn't do Warhausen, but they well, could. That's not, that's not an AEW canon, unfortunately, for Warhorse. But yeah. I know, but oh, like, bring bring Warhorse in, throw him with them, start a new Dungeon of Doom. Heather was just in the chat earlier talking about how silly and great it was. Well, and Warhorse oh God, has yes. been on Dynamite before. He Remember, has. he challenged Cody Rhodes for the TN during the pandemic. Yeah. Arn Anderson, how about that? How about that Warhorse kid? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I like that Warhorse kid. I, I think you could have a fun little stable with, with Wardlow, Danhausen, Warhorse, and like you can throw a couple other oddities in there, and you're good to go. Now, how good would Warhorse be in AEW with his personality and his gimmick? Oh, my God. It'd be fantastic. He would roll ass. Yeah. All right. Easy as that. All right. So let's talk about. Oh my god! I'm trying to see where we are. We're past that. Okay, next page. All right, we are at Sting in the ring with Darby. Uh, the big, the biggin, the biggin. So I had a sneaking suspicion, and actually, uh, I think Austin, you're the one who said that it makes a lot of sense that Ric Flair would be there, and Ric Flair shows up kind of gives like a you know i want to be there with you basically like hey i just want some money so you know hey whatever um <laughs> in the most rick flair way possible um and then you had christian cage come out yeah christian really saved the segment because uh rick rick flair was kind of trailing on there for a minute i was i was oh. surprised that Ric Flair got a holy shit chant from the crowd. Like, why are you surprised he's there? He will do anything for a paycheck. All Tony Khan had to do was call. Uh, but yeah, that like Ric Flair was starting to just kind of drown, like drone on, make it about Ric Flair. But Christian coming out and absolutely roasting Ric Flair was like one of the highlights of the night for me. Fantastic. Well, for what it's worth, as you know, I I enjoyed Ric Flair showing up. 
even though yes predictable of course does this mean that tony khan has gifted because this is he's had a gift for sting so does sting now own rick flair did tony khan buy rick flair for sting i think so i think i sting mean we rick all flair know he's now. for sale <laughs> it's hey there's player of the game you watch your mouth um I don't know. He gives the highest bidder, man. He does. He absolutely does. No shame in it, too. I don't know. I just I enjoyed it. It does make a lot of sense. You are doing a farewell tour for Sting. So at some point in time, yes, Ric Flair was going to be here. It's cool to see him. Don't let him wrestle whatever you do. Nobody like like somebody usher him out right away. But yeah, thank God for Christian. And my God, how about the iron sheet heat for Christian? If he didn't have that TNT title, I would love to see him as the devil. Like, yeah, for real. I, like even if it didn't make any sense in the story, I'd just be like, yeah, that seems like some shit Christian would do. He's so great right now. And like, and I'll be the first to admit, I shit on him so hard when he got signed. Oh, you I were, thought he you was the dumbest signing of all time. You I thought it made to, zero sense. Going to hell on. You, you hated and, this. So much. Hey, hey, I'm 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 a man. I'm I'm willing to admit I made a mistake because <laughs> I'm loving Christian Cage. Like this Christian Cage is what I wish we had in WWE back in the day. Oh, yeah. You know, um, he is just great right now. Like him and Callus are the top two heels in the company. Bar none. End of story. Book it. Yeah, like his early run in TNA was not great when he just kind of came in as a baby face and oh, it, was, it, was... it was just so bland, but his heel work has been the best work of his career. I mean, the moment he turned on, who was the big baby face at the time he was there? Was it Sting, I think? I don't remember. The moment, the moment he turned in TNA to become the heel that he is, what he's doing now that's when he got good you know he lost the jumpsuit and he just turned into like the big asshole and that's why i told jamie when he came over it's like if we get healed christian cage from tna look out and my god full force so he lays out the challenge to sting he doesn't, he doesn't want to wait till full gear he wants sting gone now so him nick wayne luchasaurus sting you and one-armed darby because darby's it, it got a sling now. Who knows, right? You find a third person and we'll meet there, you know, at uh, Copeland. Duh. Yeah, which they go, they go, they go up to him and Sting gives a decent, you know, kind of like, like, you know, grab your balls out of your pocket sort of speech to Adam Copeland. So it's I, I loved in that speech that he gave to Adam Copeland, he more or less acknowledged, like, Bro, I've been the worst in pro wrestling history about trusting the wrong people, so I would know. Yeah, Sting has been turned like, on <laughs> so many times. Ric Flair turned on him. Like yeah. Heather, Heather mentioned that too. Like he's been turned on so many damn times. Oh, this is this is like comedic gold. Watching him struggle with that damn mask. Um, <laughs> I did not think this through, ladies and gentlemen. I did. Um. All right, so before we move on, actually, so we can move on, as arguably the biggest Jericho-holic 
on this broadcast. Is it okay if we just skip his segment? Because I give two shits about it. Yep. Yep. We just move right on along. Hey, guys. Jerk on a segment. Next. Yeah. It was something. He knows Um, a big guy, apparently. Yay. Yeah. He's got an ego in his foot. Um, (laughs) All right. So then you had uh, the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Championship match. That's Hanger and the Bucks. uh, The Hung Bucks, if you will. Uh, going up against the Hardys and Brother Zay. Very predictable match. Had all the spots you wanted. Nothing major. Solid, it, whatever. It, it 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 was a better match than I thought it was going to be, though. It was better that. than the match right after it. Settle down, Jamie. I mean, it was, it was fine. This was like the one point in the night where I was just thinking to myself, why are we doing this? Uh... I think you could, especially because the the Hardys have been like wrestling around on TV pretty frequently recently. You couldn't find any other combo of three guys to give that that shot to to get a little bit better match. The match wasn't bad, but is anyone still excited about seeing the Hardys on TV in 2023? Damn near 2024. Nope, not this guy. Well, and the whole match was basically set up for the video package they did. It happened immediately after the match. Old school, here's Swerve and Prince Donna. What are they doing? Oh, they're at Hangman Adam Page's house. I love it, though. You know, this this, this is an old trope, but it's a good one, right? Ransacking his house, no one's there. Or is it? They go, and even Nana's like, I don't know, this is too far. And then Swerve tells him to piss off, and he goes and he puts the camera in the corner, and he's looking over his son, Adam's son's crib talking and i'm thinking he's gonna steal the baby <laughs> a labyrinth moment on our hands gentlemen yeah right yeah well he does he's talking shit to that i mean he leaves him with a, a t-shirt and you know he said that you, know, you might have to be the one that pays for your father's sins or something like that and then they leave and i feel like they're building up a big big blow-off match for them eventually here like a Last man alive match, something crazy, right? Yeah. So this this style of segment has been a trope in pro wrestling, and uh, there's usually a big drawback to it. And it's something I alluded to last week or the week before. We were talking about Nick Wayne and his mom. I don't like when they try and make wrestlers act because it always comes across just real bad and doesn't fit what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this segment was the opposite of that. Swerve seemed like a straight up villain and it was phenomenal. It just speaks to him, man. He is. Yeah. And, and to, to the trope. So th- they've done this multiple, multiple times. Joe's done it um, to AJ, I think twice. <laughs> two different companies <laughs> at least um, twice. <laughs> yeah uh triple h has done it to randy orton yep um i mean there's been so many of these brian Tillman did senior did it and pulled a gun on somebody and <laughs> yeah like it's so damn good like it nothing makes it more personal than showing up at a dude's house yeah like that's all there is to it like knowing where they live showing up to their house 
And then the the kid piece as, as a father too, like that just sweetens the deal. Like I would be seeing beyond red. Like I would want to tear that that guy three new assholes and not just one. You know, like like I would want like his kids to be like, oh damn, you know, for the rest of their life. Like, hey, you remember when dad when dad used to be able to talk? Yeah, no, you know, like that. That's how I was with that too. So like I love this trope. I think it's excellent. The payoff for this is going to be epic. If it's not a five-star match, I will be severely disappointed because both of these gentlemen have it in them. Oh, it's going to be outstanding. Yeah, I think there was one thing this this segment was missing. And it should have been like, as soon as Prince Nana and Swerve leave Adam Page's son's room, the camera pans over and Christian's just standing there staring over the crib going, so, I heard your father's about to die. And then it cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yes please please uh, yes Rob did bring up too Arn Anderson showing up at Cody's cause, uh, I think you mean Dusty's house right no Cody's house when oh. he was trying to psych him up remember oh, it was like, right. that was the okay, start of the yeah. Glock thing yeah, I yeah. do remember the four horsemen also like car- like almost carjacking and kidnapping Dusty Rhodes <laughs> way back in the day that was a good one too one of the best ones that's kind of like that Undertaker taking off with Big Boss, uh, uh, uh bit, yeah, uh, with uh, uh, no, Paul it was Big White Boss Man the, taking off with the Giants' father's yeah, casket, yeah, Big Boss Man taking off with the giant, uh, Paul White's dad or whatever it was, like <laughs> Jesus, that still oh, just like man. gets me every time. Gone too soon, Big Boss Man, gone too soon, indeed, indeed. All right. Here we go. We have the women's championship match: Akira versus Ruby Soho. Hey, Ruby. There it is, gentlemen. What'd you think? I think this match was thrown together out of nowhere for no reason. I just, I mean, okay. Last week you pull out. Uh, I, I, so if you're going to do this like fighting champion stick for a little bit, cool, right? And what'd you do last week? You gave me Sakura a shot, right? There's a little bit of story, but it's something different. You're doing that path, right? You could have continued with as much as I love seeing Ruby on my TV, which I do love seeing Ruby on my TV, right? And w- we know, save your jokes, Austin. We know she wasn't winning this title tonight anyway, right? <laughs> you know, because I mean, she's not... She's not dropping the belt, period, you know, at this moment. You could have brought anybody else. You could have brought, I don't know, how about the bunny? How about Anna Jay? How about, you know, Abaddon, who both of those, the last two are in a four-way match on Rampage for a shot at, surprise, surprise, Hikaru Shida, right? So it's like, you know, you, you do this once, you could have done something else. You could have done maybe... I don't know, put out there, give Ruby maybe another shot, but this time instead of it being a Hikaru Shida, have her go up against Chris Statlander, you know? Because you basically came out before the match, the commercial before the match, with Tony Storm and her little vignette, and her movie this time is that she's going to have the main event starring attraction. She's getting a title shot at Full Gear in L.A., Okay, so we all know Tony Storm versus Hikaru Shida. This match served no purpose. And the crowd knew it, and they were dead for it, because the match itself was fine. 
not the worst match we've seen on TV. Let's be real, Jamie. Let's be real. These women matches have been a lot worse. But it was pretty bad. It was it was not either one of them's best match. That's definitely true. Yeah, I get Sheeta being a defending champion, and I'm all for that. Um, this match, if, if you were going to give Tony Storm the title shot in LA for full gear anyway, just do Tony versus Ruby for the shot tonight because you've still got the better part of a month and there's time to tell that story. Um, or, you know, cut the the Jericho sit-down interview no one gave a shit about and then also have Sheeta defend the title tonight. Uh, I would have liked to see, and you know, maybe we'll get it in the next couple of weeks. Give me a face face Sheeta defending the title against Willow and retaining in a hard fought battle. Like that's yeah. some cool shit for your baby face champion to do. There's options. This was, yeah, it seemed just thrown together last minute, especially because Sheeta just won the title off Ruby's best friend. You, you could have had a little bit more of a, a thread just for good storytelling. Um, Ruby is a henchman and she is constantly portrayed as a henchman and it's a disservice to her because she can wrestle like she's just as good as most of your women's roster. You could be getting much more, but no, uh, it seems like everything they book is made to make Ruby Soho look like a doofus and nothing more than one spot in the match tonight and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to drop a little bit of knowledge on this particular spot. Ooh, we get a, we get a little. Did you say it's a stash? Yes, stash of knowledge. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a whole stash of knowledge on Ruby Soho, looking like a doofus. Um, and I don't say this to disparage Ruby because I am a a fan of Ruby Soho. Uh, enjoy seeing her on my TV. Um. But also, Ruby, you've got to, as as someone with some kind of agency over your character and presentation on TV, you also have to understand sometimes, like, when maybe you should, should suggest an alternative idea. Because, um, again, there's been a long-running history of Ruby just kind of looking silly and the things they have her do. Not just an AEW. This is a Not just an AEW. That was her shtick in WWE as well. Um but Ruby, you are in a title match. And I understand wanting from a nostalgic aspect to do the old Eddie Guerrero spot where you <laughs> pretend your opponent cheated by tossing them a weapon while the ref's backs turned and then sell. But Ruby, I hope you're listening. When you do that and you are the challenger for the title, you need to understand the whole point of that spot is to get your opponent disqualified, which does not win you the championship. And I I point out some of these like gaps in psychology for fun from week to week. But this was one that just watching it, I was like, wow, y'all just made Ruby look like an absolute dipshit. And maybe the, maybe the spot was her idea and it was misguided. If it was, maybe it was his idea. Maybe who knows, right? Whatever. It was, it was just like, why do that in this spot of all spots? Nobody spoke up and said, Hey, if that actually thing, you know, that that would get her disqualified and that nobody yeah. said that in the room, nobody. And then, and then while the ref's looking at Sheeta with the spray can, Ruby goes and gets the title. 
and then holds it up to block Cheetah spraying her. So, like, not only did you almost get your opponent disqualified when you had a title opportunity, you're also just really bad at cheating. Ruby Soho is now the pro wrestling equivalent of the the wet bandits from home alone (laughs) just just bad at crime ruby soho yeah Um, we still love you ruby so i that that whole segment that you just literally brought up is your stash of knowledge that's a fantastic is why i hated this match it was just ridiculous is almost as ridiculous as fake mustache getting ready to fall off a face. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Um, but like the whole match felt discombobulated. It felt just rushed, like you guys said. Like it just got thrown together. But that whole that whole segment, you know, like she tried to pull an Eddie, you know, with with the spray can. And like that doesn't work there, kiddo. And then. The, like I don't yeah I was just like and then Tony Storm comes out afterwards which by the way I love Luther being her bodyguard or her, 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 butler. her butler her butler butler fantastic you know why bring her out after the matches come up and do some dancey bullshit on the, on the stage there's actually a tie-in with Ruby there right mm-hmm. you could have had her come out and you know like Ruby's arguing or on a shoe there's a million different things if you're going to go with this, but to the point, and this is from a movie Soho, Soho stand, it's, it's, this whole thing made no sense. It's just like, why put it together, you know? And, you know, Soraya's taking a break or whatever right now, you know, so you got Ruby's by herself without the without the Ruby Soho music, you know? It's like, they need to just come, they just totally killed the outcast thing. They've already got Tony out of it, right? They need to cut it. Well, so really quick though, not only that, Soraya was at ringside for Ruby just wrestling Sky Blue on a random rampage this past Friday, but like she doesn't bother to show up and Ruby's got a shot at the title. Like everything they do makes Ruby Soho just look <laughs> like a doofus. Like why is she still friends with this girl? Again, I think that's the greater problem that we've, we've harped on. We're not going to get into that that deep tonight, guys. I promise you. But it's just a lack of foresight and planning and any sort of long-term thinking women's division related, right? Yeah. And I think, I like, like I was saying a little bit ago, I wish they would have done Ruby and Tony for the shot, the title. Do something and work. work towards Ruby, Tony, and Sheeta in a three-way at full gear. Because we've seen Tony Storm versus Sheeta, not this current version of Tony Storm, but with the chaoticness of her new character, I think them in a three-way would be a much better full gear match than just the singles one. Agreed. I mean, maybe still won't win the title because she's just not allowed to. But give her a pay-per-view match and and make her look like a, a competent adult with her own agency and not just mindless <laughs> henchman number three. Do better. By the way, Tony, you could have done two women's matches. Just saying. Yeah, we didn't need Jericho. We also didn't need the Hardys for the ROH six man titles. We we could just done a swerve segment and it'd have been perfect. Didn't need him having a match. Just to had see it. Hangman Page versus Brother Zay, and then had to done the video after, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something. That actually would be a good match. All right, gentlemen, it time. is time. Ray, Ray, Ray Jamie. You're, you're for good. the main 
event. That's right. New pay-per-view coming December 30th, World's End. Oh, wait. No, that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. I automatically, as soon as, yeah, World's End. Did anybody, what was the first thing everybody thought of when you heard that? I thought of the, the movie World's End. Simon yeah. Pegg, yeah. If they Androids. don't do a Simon Pegg tie-in, something's not right in the world. I love that movie. Yeah, I'd be it's down crazy. for that. The main character, Eddie King. Eddie King. Done. Done. Like, that's Done. all you have to do, man. All right. What about it? No, uh, Eddie King's is not smart enough for the devil. Um, I was just about to say, what if Eddie was the devil? I know, but it's like, like, he's not smart enough for Why did you attack Jay White? And he just goes, oh, no, man, fuck that guy. And he just walks <laughs> off. <laughs> all right, main event time. Jamie's Wet Dream. Part two. So, so like I said before, cr- Jamie's create a wrestler uh, and Orange Cassidy going up against the Blackpool Combat Club of Claudio and Brian Danielson. And, oh, man. This just screamed pay-per-view match on TV. Yeah. It screamed, I want Okada versus Danielson one-on-one. Hmm. Put a pin I haven't in had it yet. Put a pin in that. But this match, match of the night, as it should have been, like there's no reason why this this wasn't going to be match of the night. It had everything. It had technical wrestling. It had some flying, you know. It had, you know, catch wrestling. The reversals, that whole oh, swing God. reversal into the Stun Dog Millionaire done by Orange Cassidy. Yes. Holy shit. Then going in for an orange punch, going right into a swing. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, Double this swing. match was. He does the whole, like, classic pause and then goes harder the... for the second swing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. This yeah, match I think was dope. My biggest thing from this match, or like my favorite thing about this match, was the fact that they made Claudio look like an equal to the other three men in the ring. And I think I have WWE PTSD of Claudio. Like, going into this, I was like, oh, I assume Claudio is eating a pin from Okada. No, Claudio Euros the shit out of Okada and then cleanly pins Orange Cassidy to finish this match. Like, thank you, Tony Khan, for making Claudio Castagnoli look like the badass he should be. It Dude. Was, I mean, I, I love the reversals back and forth. We got the moment, you know, kind of the payback. And they even played in with the storyline. Because back at, you know, Fibon Door 2 or whatever it was, when, you know, uh, Okada broke uh, Danielson's arm when they were one-on-one, right? You know, so he's using the other arm, you know, to chop it. It's just like, it, it, everything about this match was done fantastic and even the post-match i felt was fantastic because jamie let me know what your thoughts are on this but i think they're definitely playing it for a big blow off for okada danielson too 100 with okada standing over him pointing at his face the one that their danielson was selling was like you know busted open or whatever you know mm-hmm. moxley comes out you know he's staring them down and You've already got uh, booked for next week. You've got Cassidy defending the international title against Claudio. So, yeah, that's that's a match. Like as soon as this match kind of got going, 
I realized Claudio and Orange Cassidy was a match I never knew I needed to see because Claudio is the perfect base for everything Orange Cassidy does. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the match ends, we're like, oh, you're getting that next week, by the way, oh. which was just, that's going to be yes. both of them at their best. Like, I never would have thought of that pairing as two guys that could just complement each other extremely well. Right. But yeah, I have a feeling that's going to be just absolute flames. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got I got nothing, guys. It, <laughs> that, that match is going to be a banger no oh. matter what. Just like this match was. I, I would, I don't know if they're gonna save Danielson, Okada, like if it's gonna be at full gear or if they're gonna save it for oh I don't know, world you know, Wrestle Kingdom. I I think it it's more likely to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. I think Me Wrestle too. Kingdom would be the likely spot, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see it at World's End. They did just no, announce no, the pay per view before Wrestle Kingdom. I'm just saying. They did just announce the pay-per-view immediately before this match started. Just saying. I just, I would imagine that part of the deal of Okada coming in and, you know, losing to Danielson is uh, Danielson returning the favor in Japan. And then AEW probably gets to book the rubber match, you know, maybe at Revolution or at Forbidden Door next year or something like that. You guys are both probably right, but I'm just saying, don't discount that it could also be that. I, uh... I could also see them, and it's weird to start thinking about Forbidden or for a World's End when you've got Forbidden Door, not Forbidden Door, uh, Full Gear coming up in a few weeks. Um, but I mean, yeah, a lot can happen in the next two months. I, I, I would like to see them save Danielson and Okada too for Wrestle Kingdom, and maybe do some kind of a tag with them again at World's End. Uh, but I mean, I'm certainly not going to be sad if they run it back there instead. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch it wherever it happens. Well, I don't think you even need to. Do, I think because you, you did the tag tonight, and that's the sort of thing that like it's been since Forbidden Door Two that they fought each other one on one, right? And yes, yeah. Danielson was injured. I know, right? But guys of that stature, stature don't need to be on a reoccurring basis for it to be. The, oh, yes, that's the match we got to see. There's a history between them, right? You just instantly, you're like, oh, yeah, let's go, right? So I don't think you need to continue to drag it on. I think either, if they're going for a quick blow off and, you know, they got the approval, they're going to do it at World's End. I think Wrestle Kingdom is more likely. And Wrestle Kingdom's only, only what, a week after World's yeah, End? Yeah, it's, anyway? it's right after. Yeah. It's like the 4th or 5th of January, something like that. Yeah. So. I just- I'm just looking at it from like a a business perspective. Like, oh, it makes more a sense lot that way. with right. the New Japan AEW relationship. Uh, it's been largely one sided with talent and stuff coming to AEW, outside of a few exceptions. Uh, I just like Danielson Okada. Like those singles matches will always be great, but you can only do it so many times before, like, all right, we've seen that a few times now. I just I just see them saving the next one for New Japan and Wrestle Kingdom specifically while it's still a huge draw. Not that it won't still be a good one later, but that just seems more likely to me. Well, I'm with you. Yeah, it just print money, man. Printing money. Well, speaking of printing money, let's talk about an expensive place to live here because um, you do have coming up next is Full Gear. L.A. Kia Forum. If there's ever a place for Big Reveal, I have a feeling it'd be L.A. 
do you think we're going to get a big introduction? I'm thinking about Mercedes Monet bid at full gear. Yeah. Do you think it'll be Mercedes Monet? Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Do you think of anybody else that might? I don't know about Mercedes. Okay. Uh, I I would say if you're getting Mercedes, you debut her on TV before Full Gear and you have a wrestle at Full Gear because I think that does sell more pay-per-views than Tony Storm versus Sheeta. I would imagine they're going with Tony Storm versus Sheeta. Not that Tony Storm's not deserving this pay-per-view match. Her work recently has been phenomenal. But I'm assuming they're going to that because they don't have Mercedes yet. Um I mean, it'd be rad if she showed up, but I like it, it. Just it would make more sense to have her actually wrestle on the pay per view when, like, you want people to to buy that show and then just have her debut on TV to pop a rating. I'm with you. Now she she has to show. I I think it would make more sense to say create the buzz that she's going to show up or something like that without necessarily confirming it. Kind of like what they did with CM Punk in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, they had Mercedes when she was in, in London, you know, they yeah. stands and, you know, or like have somebody roll, like you could do the subliminal stuff. Having like uh, MJF coming in, in, like driving in, you see him driving in a Mercedes, Mercedes. You, you know, and then giving somebody a whole bunch of money, you know, that type of thing. Like, you know, trying to do the subliminal things and like throw out the, the things, you know, like, you know, hey, check my bank statement, you know, that kind of thing or whatever, you know, and just get that out there and say, you know, hey, something's coming. And then there you go. You have Tony win because Tony has to win, if you ask me. And then Tony, Mercedes, give me some of that. It's not dissimilar what they did with Ruby Soho when she debuted in Chicago at All Out, right? Because... Mm-hmm. They gave they, there's some some hints that were dropped a little bit from her, from AW but from her outside and a little bit you know we we pretty much knew it was going to be Ruby Soho it wasn't never confirmed though and it was a big pop which she showed but it was also not surprising you know so yeah we showed yeah see. I mean certainly could happen I'm starting to wonder though with Mercedes like. We've been thinking she's showing up for months and months and months now. And like, it's almost started to get the point of, well, where is she? And like, maybe she still isn't cleared yet. Um, But yeah. uh, Also, as, has there been any, any news or reports on when Jamie Hayter's coming back? Cause I wouldn't mind (sighs) them holding off Mercedes until Hayter does come back and kicking that right off. So I did see something earlier uh, over the weekend, I believe, something talked about it, where it, I, I bas- basically it's not going to be in 23, you know. That, gotcha. So they're looking at, you know, still a few months out is what it, what it, what it was. But you've got, you've got a lot of those gray areas right now because you've got Jamie Hayter, right? Mercedes Monet, technically injured, but also whatever, right? We don't know what's going on. She's, you know, Hollywood, all those sorts of other stuff. You've got Adam Cole injured, or if you're Jamie, not injured, but whatever. You know, Kyle O'Reilly, who I threw out here earlier, you know, we don't know what his timeline is because he has serious head injuries. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. and a few other things. Neck, I think it was neck actually, right? 
Um, yeah, whatever. I think it was neck. Yeah, his neck because he actually had surgery. Neck, yeah, he got fused and stuff. Yeah, yeah, serious. But anyway, lots of lots of question marks still upcoming. So, final thoughts, is gentlemen. There, I say, is there anyone else like out there that could debut at full gear that would be worthwhile? I, I don't know if you need. I was to. trying to think of that. I can't think of anybody. I mean, I figure. See, to me, I I feel like Tony being Tony, LA is a place to do something like that, right? But you already had Adam Copeland debut. That'd be your next biggest one, right? You just had that. If you're going to yeah, debut and- somebody, you want them to be at least as big or top that. I think Mercedes would be the only answer to that question. Yeah, because Nick Nemeth isn't out there yet, and he's not as big. He's not, no. I, lo- I mean, I love Nemeth. I mean, you're not going to pull in Julia, you know, and that might not get this mm-hmm. big a pop. because I think Julia... I think you pull in Julia or something like that nature, although the timing would be right with her as number two on the PWI 500, you know, um, I think you pull her in when you get Mercedes, they have a history. It makes sense. Right. I don't know if anybody else that really would fit that bill, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, they could go like the celebrity route. Not that I could think of someone specific on top of my head, but like, you can bring in some celebrities since you're in LA. Outside of that, I'm not sure like any any like debuts that would be big. I mean, they could sign Brian Keith. That'd be rad. I'd be down for that. But outside Keith. of that, like, I feel their roster's in a pretty good spot right now. I think it is. I think there's some 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 pieces that need yeah. to get healthy too. So. I gotta get my Brian Keith poncho back on. There we go. There's a full Brian Look Keith. My boy. If y'all All missed right. the beginning of the show, that's the full costume. It was just too itchy to wear the whole time. We're it's back. It's itchy, but it's a good costume. Well, we'll find out in a couple weeks here. So 18th is uh, full gear. Um, good show. So we'll see more. Uh, this Saturday is going to be apparently a banger. You got Kenny Omega versus MJF. First time ever on a Saturday. Let's go. Perhaps Abaddon gets a title shot too. We don't know yet. We'll find out. Uh, Jamie, that's such a good costume, my God. It's thank so you great. for watching. Thank you for joining. Thank you, thank you for listening. All those those of you who joined us for this Halloween spectacular. Uh, we'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Actually works this week. Yay! <laughs> uh, but no, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, Jamie, take us home, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, happy Halloween. And if you're not down Toll Spot Fest, I got three words for you. Three days, bitch. (laughs) All right, guys. See you next time. Peace. I gotta find my butt. Hold on.